0: She is Captain, isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? sir. she's ready to go to the stars.
1: Is the Tri Tech Games podcast? Its mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp Nine. I,
0: Captain. And now our
1: host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav.
2: Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast, Your podcast of having a night that you just can't believe, and then you find out that it's all over Facebook.
1: Get your latest news here. Bat Boy to marry Crocodile girls. Sasquatch to be best man. Get the latest news here.
3: This is not the information you were looking for. Move along.
2: Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. This week we are talking about Bureau 13 and how to run a disinformation campaign. Uh, now we this is an important part of the Bureau 13 game, and it actually doesn't get enough play in most uh, in my experience. Uh, I mean, in most of the games that I played, uh, it's all about where's the monster? You know, how do we find it? How do we stop it? And, um, and then, you know, maybe there's some thought about some evidence dispersal at the end. And it's basically beat feet back to, you know, um, someplace to rest up, heal up, and move on to the next adventure. And not enough information, uh, or not enough effort, I think, is put into doing the very thing that Bureau 13 cares a lawful lot about. Which is, John, can you... What's what? What's the like the first rule? Don't get caught. Okay. What's the second rule? I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Trav. Don't leave evidence. Close. Give a plausible explanation for the supernatural.
3: Uh, yeah. I'm reading from D twenty. That's rule five. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, well, I was going old school back to the 1992 one. We enlarged those a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anyways. So, yeah, it's always been an important thing, and you actually get, uh, in the earlier games, you got more experience for doing good evidence dispersal. But it never seems to be that big of a thing. But when you think about... You know the long-term effects on a campaign, and what you're actually doing when you go to it on an adventure where you're part of a super-secret government organization to hunt things that people don't shouldn't believe exist, and you do nothing to try to mitigate a very public display of the supernatural. You're kind of missing some of the point of the game.
0: You have joined the most secret government agency that you have never heard of. The 13th Bureau of Justice, otherwise known as Bureau 13. You are a government agent charged with the duty of disposing of the greatest unnatural threats to the people and the the economy of the United States and Canada. You will work under the knowledge that you are funded by an organization so secret even the highest government officials do not know of your existence. Welcome to the elite band of people who wander the dark streets of the night, ever searching for the horrors that should not exist in this modern age. You are a special agent stalking the Night Fantastic. Bureau 13 is a Gen Con award-winning RPG of modern horror and paranormal adventure. It's available from TriTech Games at tritechgames.com in both the original editions and in the D20 edition, with a new Savage Worlds edition coming soon. Remember that wherever the supernatural waits, good and evil, the agents of 013 will be there. But the evil is growing. Now,
2: um, another thing that we have here is you can create a how-it-was-done video in response to a damning video. So when those people go out there with those cameras and they actually collect real information, then as you, John, were talking about, oh yeah, but you know, under certain light conditions, it cre- you know it creates these artifacts, and it actually isn't what it looks like, or you know, those are you know all those spaceships flying in and out of the sun that you can see on some of those solar images are actually just you know the overloaded. Um, uh, um, cells of the of the camera trying to deal with the great uh, differences in contrast.
1: And the thing is, when you do the video, you can actually use the the very same things you say don't exist and say, yeah. So we have these little things up here, and we have little drones going back and forth. No, those are the real flying saucers going back up there. But you're, you know, you say they're drones, people say, oh yeah, they're drones. <laughs> You know, and and they'll be convinced. Oh, yeah, it's totally fake. Again,
3: hitting people with the truth where they just don't know. Yeah, but um,
2: but even if it is the tr- uh, truth, okay, I'm saying is that you can, you know, with the modern of magic, you know, a uh, computer magic, magic and stuff, you can make think say look it's not really that here let's let's look at it from this angle you know and and then you and you go and see how something is how the magic trick was done and there's a lot of and there's a lot of old tricks from magic Actually, real magicians that can be used to kind of prove these kinds of things where you know, oh, yeah, so and so is using this technique or that technique stuff that people have forgotten about because TV don't do it anymore. Some of the old spiritualism techniques and such, and you know, I that's that can be done. And when people all it takes is one thing, people we'll look at it and say, Oh, I see, and then you can discredit everything else. Even the stuff that really can't be discredited, just because you proved one point to people's satisfaction, you're now in a position of authority, and everything else you say is gold.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. You you see these you know you see these saucers. The guy shot in HD, but unfortunately YouTube shrunk it down to 640. You can then show how he mat. There are mat lines being hidden. You know, he actually does all a computer and sort of paste it over real, over, over, over reality, and you can show how the mat lines disappear when you shrink it down to 640k instead of 1080p. <laughs> let's,
2: let's run this. Let's run this. Um. Uh, un. Um. Oh, I can't think of some of the t- things that they do in like Photoshop. Let's use let's use this unblur program, okay, to to you know on this uh, this this um, a photoshopped image, uh, and 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 you unblur it, showing the lines holding the the, the wires holding the spaceship up. But in fact, is they weren't there. You added them.
1: Pixelator, the pixelator. Yes, you do you do depixelate, and of course you know there's no such tool, but
2: they'll believe you. I don't know there's so many things you can do when you say look we're going to run this special you know D whatever program you know that were you know were that, that they just they just figured out how to do at MIT you know and it's going to sh- it's going to take this image and like give you 10 times the resolution that that you thought was there and you can see what's really going on here and you know and you've got all this stuff that you've
1: added in. The bureau probably has that, but anyway, uh, yeah. But but but, you know the thing. Yeah, I would be simpler. I would say, okay, yeah, yes, they got rid of they got rid of the fish line. They didn't get rid of its shadow. (laughs) Oh,
2: (laughs) right. And the thing is, is that the bureau, because they have that super high tech, okay, they can do stuff that is impossible to do with you know current modern technology. Like for example, what they did in uh, the Running Man, the traveling mat, where they put somebody's face on top of some uh, on somebody else's body in real time, so that that person was seen, somebody was seen as being killed who in fact wasn't killed because it was it was just some. That they put in there to, to be a stand-in. Well, you can do the same thing. You can add in stuff to a video, even to a live feed. You know that where you're just basically taking theirs and enhancing it and feeding it back to the next um, transmission point, and no one realizes that their their information is being manipulated as you know as it's going. The people back in the in in the studio are like, "Wow, this is amazing." He's you know and. You know what? You know, and and the guys that are doing the actual filming have no idea that their feed has been manipulated by the bureau, and that's something that's pretty easy to do for the bureau uh, with their tech.
1: You just get the shading wrong on that monster walking down the walking down the street, and everyone realizes that's CGI.
2: <laughs> yeah, you just change it. At, and they're like, say, well, well we fit, that was a live feed We were coming directly from our camera And they're like, yeah, so obviously, you know, the camera doesn't lie, right? So, <laughs> your eyes are, are wrong Our feed is right, and our feed says that's guy in a guy in a, in a rubber suit So, uh, come on back to the studio uh, You know, we got better things for you to do
1: Yeah, 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 yeah but 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 you yeah know, no no yeah no, no, sorry you know he opens his mouth up and on screen, to the people there they can see down his throat they opens his mouth up and you can see the seam with the tongue stitched to it
2: Or you can see the you can see the top of the head of the guy in the suit
1: yeah that too yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah it's it, it things like that yeah it's quite possible and the, the photographs oh forget that I mean you know yeah I got I got a bunch of photographs in my phone you do well, can you share them with me? And you just gave him a link for your Trojan to drop in and start editing all his photos.
2: Yeah. Yeah, as he's giving you information from his phone, you're uploading to his phone at the same time with false images. And then you start talking about this stuff that's on his phone, and he's like, I didn't know that was there. But of course, he doesn't... He, knows, he doesn't know anybody's messed with his phone, so he thinks it's part of the, as you said, he's editing his memory. He's saying he's incorporating this additional information into what he believes is true, and now he's got to, you know, he's, it's going it, to It either confirm, well, it's either can confirm what he believes or it's going to cast doubt on what he believes. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's, and that's basically what we were talking about when we talk about destroying or tainting evidence.
1: Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, us yeah. be honest, any bureau team worth it until they until they closed uh would have a box full of Radio Shack speakers and microphones and cheap webcams to spread it out over the site so they can say, "Yeah, see, it was all wired."
2: Yeah, now, now you go to some place like Fry's or some other electronic. Best Buy
1: or something. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah the, a the, the, the
2: big boxes don't really carry that stuff anymore. But like a lot, a lot of these mom and pop like computer stores, they just have tons of that stuff.
1: Oh, you hit swap meets,
2: you know. Yeah. I mean, some places, like um, as you say, it's, it's, a, it's a flea market. And some guy sells computer parts. Well, you just go in there and just buy his stock.
1: Oh, around here, we actually have a computer swap meet where you can just buy all sorts of neat gimmicks and doodads and gewgaws and all the webcams you ever would want. You oh, know. no, there, there's a
3: couple <laughs> of places here locally. One of them is just called the Electronics Exchange. And mm-hmm. it's funny because we never see anybody there. Josie, when she was still living up here in Michigan, the running joke was like, and I and I told her, it's like, we never saw any cars there and all of a sudden we drive Oh my god there's four cars in the parking lot Yeah they must be having a sale And <laughs> just they sell Webcams And like the, back in the day they sold CB radio stuff and So it's easy to get parts That's that's the yeah. point And there's yeah. another, there another place where I got a laptop fixed And they sell spy cams And the little pencil thin cameras You can do and it's called CSI, Computer Security Incorporated.
1: So, we get one of those around here too. Here. What was that? Uh, I think it's a franchise. We get uh-huh. one around here too.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> well, there's one in Garden City, maybe 10 minutes from me, but that's what they, and it's like, oh, by the way, we also repair computers. But their main thing is they sell webcams and quote unquote. Spy cams and stuff like that so
1: and and with all this new technology like the 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 holographic lights You can show shine up on your on onto your uh, house instead of uh hanging christmas tree lights I wonder how how hard it is to reprogram one of those chips to make it look like a go oh, Wait a second. They actually do have those lights now that you now can have ghosts flying around
2: A lot of this stuff has to do with you know, uh, the people doing real investigation Okay, it's not always just the public so uh, if you go, and there are some very, very strict rules about chain of evidence in order to get people arrested or to, to conduct a, a police investigation, and if you screw up intentionally, you know the chain of evidence, then it may cause an entire investigation to just collapse. They're saying, look, we, you know, this is we can't bring. You know, uh, the, a a, um, a charge against these people because the evidence has been tainted. You know, we've already spent ten thousand dollars on this 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 thing. We're just going to call it quits and just pull the plug on it. Everybody out of the pool, and all of a sudden, you know, even though you know, you, basically it, it goes away as far as everyone is concerned in authority. The problem just goes away.
3: Yeah. There. Um, If you all remember the OJ trial and how the LAPD did their thing, the chief forensic officer of the LAPD was a guy named Dennis Fung, Asian man, Chinese name, I'm assuming,
1: because
3: of how things were handled in the media for about six months afterwards, things that were messed up were Funged up. There was a fung up in evidence and his name kind of got drugged through the mud because of how it was said he handled things due to some mishap of mishandling of evidence. So, yeah, if you can do that, yeah, you can stall a legitimate law enforcement investigation by just All throwing right. the thing off.
1: All you gotta do is open a few evidence bags And then reseal them without without doing it correctly And they'll go, who opened this bag?
2: Nobody admits it Yeah, I know, and now it's tainted Nobody, Even if you haven't done nothing to the evidence it ha- It's treated as if it's, it's, it's no longer valid
3: Yeah mm-hmm. Um. For those of you who don't know I took three years of criminal justice back in the early 90s So yeah, I had to deal with a smidgen with police forensics. Yeah, it was self-defense. We understand, Yeah. <laughs> hey, what better way to be a cop than to have something you know criminal in your past? No, I don't.
2: You just want to know what they're going to look for so you make sure you don't leave any of that behind. That's all.
3: Well, right, yeah, but I mean, oh no, the sanctity of your forensic kits was... It was of a religious nature because you knew you had to store evidence properly and if you messed up anything, yeah, you could totally mess up an investigation to where, you know, people could be considered either guilty or not guilty. So yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Or or they just had to treat them as if they were not guilty
2: because yeah, they just you know, the evidence wasn't there anymore to convict them.
1: Yeah. Now, if you're doing a long term campaign there's that one cop who won't let die. And he becomes a fixture in your campaign. Of course, at that point, he's trying to find out, you know, okay, you guys were involved in something. I want to know what it is. He may become a future recruit, you know, or, or you can, uh,
2: you know, or you can give him something that's actually true and really juicy for him to run off, uh, and, uh, and and get busy with instead of getting in in the way of your investigation those bureau those bureau supercomputers by the way are very good at uncovering real crimes that could be investigated by the police instead of coming after your supernatural incident
1: yeah though so I'm, I'm reminded of this I can't remember its name it's a uh, it's a it's a TV show where basically they handle cold case files but all the people but they can't get real cops to do it so they got retired cops to do it they're all under 50s and 60s and that's the last thing the bureau needs is someone to come along and say oh yeah we have these cold case files so we create a special unit they, A bunch of old cops are busy now going out there and investigating all these uh, all these crimes the bureau thought was dead and dead and buried
2: yep. It's, it's um it's like kindergarten cop at the beginning it's really like a police procedural and he's sitting there and says you don't understand i can't do the uh, the arnold accent You don't understand he says i have nowhere else to go i'm just going to stay here with you and your friends forever unless you tell me what i want to know <laughs> they're like okay fine fine <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's just laying there like this huge brick on the couch, <laughs> and they're all surrounding him, all wanting to smoke their dope, and he's just—he's just there in the way. <laughs> and of course, you know, none of their friends—you know, another drug dealer—you know—they can't move the dope because you know, the drug dealers are coming up to the door and going, "Oh, I gotta go."
1: <laughs> Oh, and, and with drones these days, I mean, oh, yeah, we saw a ghost. Yeah, and you pull up the drone with the white sheet over it.
2: Right. Well, if you, if you have a silent drone, if you get that technology working really good, you can also drop evidence in places where it should be hard for that to happen. You know, if you have someone who, you know, I mean, the, even the old style stuff, I mean, like, again, yeah, talking about magic, sleight of hand, sliding evidence into somebody's pocket. Uh, you know, slot. You know, uh, taking the bullets out of someone's gun, replacing them with blanks. Oh, so and so's firing blanks.
1: You know, what's that about? Oh, I just saw something. It'd be a great, great gag. If you got a person you know needs to go down for something, for some other reason. If you have a, if you either have a mage, you can do. this, gonna be a very special spell. When you shake his hand, you get his fingerprints. And now you go to the crime scene and go.
2: So, so in other words, you you put his fingerprints on your fingerprints, and now you're touching things and leaving his fingerprints behind.
1: Yeah, okay. I get you. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So That'd be which, actually a neat yeah. spell. Yeah, which
2: brings us up to uh, use you know some of the more exotic stuff. You know, uh, the more exotic techniques like supernatural effects. You know, what kind of supernatural effects can be used as part of disinformation?
1: Hmm. Oh,
3: there is a... a feat. Well, it's not super supernatural... Well, it's supernatural effect. It's for the Adventure D20 game, so it was a pulp-based game. And you had... Some backstory here. Bear with me, folks. You had one of three types of characters you could play all due to Telluric energy affecting people around the world you add your kind of low-level superheroes your low-level mesmerists or people who are just exceedingly lucky kind of like the people in the Brendan Fraser mummy movies they were known as um, daredevils and feat that you could get being having this daring template was called master of dissimulation. And it was a feat that allowed you a plus 10 bluff bonus to feign authority Mm. where you could just sit there and I'm not going to get the book and read the flavor text, but basically, yeah, yeah, I'm here, you know, I'm a visiting physician. You're at a hospital trying to, you know, find out about a case. Yeah, I'm here on, you know, a visiting doctor from the East Coast and I'm here to talk about this Mullins Bennett syndrome that's been going around yeah, it, it has symptoms like this. And so it's a supernatural fact due to you've been affected by this, quote-unquote, telluric energy. Mm-hmm. So that was, when I saw that, that was the first thing I thought of there. Um, they, they didn't use telluric
2: energy, but something similar to what you're talking about in the movie Reptilicus. Because at one point, they need somebody to speak authoritatively about something. And they turn to this guy and they say, Dr. So-and-so, you're an American, which means you're a great world traveler. What do you think about this? And he says, wow. (laughs) I'm like okay, you had to fly on a plane from America to Denmark because that's where the movie's taking place, or Sweden. Okay, but that doesn't mean you know everything about everything, (laughs) but...
3: (laughs) The Americans are world-traveled. tribe. is racial profiling.
2: And and the you know and the guy and there's this guy who's a general and he's like nodding yes yes
1: <laughs> yeah yeah oh it's it's the old trick I called speaking with authority. Some people are really good at speaking with authority. They may be speaking codswallop, Cots- but they're speaking codswallop with authority, and you want to believe them. You know, uh, actually, one thing I have I, I can think of that because my players have actually used it. Two of the characters, April and Gwen. Are telepaths, and they are, they've been friends for a long time to the point where they can talk to each other telepathically, without uh, making a roll. they have omag telepathic con- communication, and that allows them to do things such as set cons. You know, they don't need to wink; or even look at each other. They just talk to each other in the minds, and they can set things up so that they they're working in in they're working together. But in different places Toward the same effect
2: So this is like the X-Men You know, mental coordination thing Where everybody, you know, works better as a team Because they're all linked together mentally
1: Yes, on that line, yeah Oh yeah, and uh, of course I'm thinking uh, Actually, the Father Murphy, uh, the person who technically leads the group, even though he is the, the, pre- the, the team priest, but the player who plays him all the time. Hi, Dean. Um, uh, always seems one in charge, you know, even, though, even though the person who actually is in charge always defers to him. But he, the, the player character is really good at speaking with authority. He can sit there and just say the most audacious balderdash, and it sounds good.
2: Well, also, you know, you talked about telepathy, and you know, what what does telepathy sound like in your head? Well, I think that in most cases, it sounds like your own internal dialogue.
1: Yes, that, that's the thing I do in the role. If you if you just make your role, but you don't get a raise in this using Savage Worlds, you speak with that person's voice in their head.
2: <laughs> right. So they're hearing something, and they think it's their own mind. Thinking yes, and so it carries an awful lot of weight when you say I realize what this is. That guy over there, you know, is 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 working with you know the the the, the CIA. You know, I I he's, he's and 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 you talk about just that inf- when someone has that information in their head, they're going to have to include all of a sudden. It's going to start altering their memories, altering their point of view, it's just coloring their point of view or. Oh my God, if I don't do something now, I'm gonna get shot. Well, okay, <laughs> that, that can galvanize just just speaking into somebody's head and them hearing it as if it's their own thoughts can can just radically you know change the way people think about stuff and and get them to do what you want them to do.
1: Yeah, now, if of course they make the raise, they can speak in their own voice or they can speak in the voice of their choosing. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm trying to sneak. Hey, you where'd that come from behind you what (laughs) and you just start making them think they're hearing voices they may start doubting their own sanity at that point
2: right well that's true okay but what others what other supernatural effects can be used in in a disinformation campaign
1: invisibility Ooh, good one (laughs) yes that's such a classic Either oh, a yeah. spell, either a spell, or you have a, a thermal optic cloak, or te- either magic or technological. For all intents and purposes, magic
2: or psych or psychic domination, where you just simply tell them to edit you out of their memory.
1: Yeah, this or is you, not
2: a you, Droid you were you, looking for. You don't, on, don't right, see yeah.
1: you don't see me. Um, uh, that's how I I portray uh, psychic invisibility. Settle
3: down there, John Cena. Settle down. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see. You don't look at me. Don't see me. You know. You know, yeah, you know, I'm not here.
3: So invisibility, okay. So
2: how can invisibility be used, John?
1: Oh, move things around, place things. I mean, you know, there's a, the room's full of cops.
2: So tainting evidence, planting evidence,
1: whispering someone's ear. Uh, that's kind of that's a little loose, but yeah. Well, whisper in such a way they go, "What was that?" And you look over, and this, of course, there's two cops talking to each other, and he'll start, you know, start talking. What would you say? And you know, and and, you, and he says what he think, thought they said, and they may go, "What? We didn't say that." You sure? And they'll start doubting, you know, and basically sowing confusion amongst the cops. While you then go go and plant evidence, or or take evidence, or
2: you or you can uh, um, perform a, a inappropriate touching and uh, create uh, discord between. Uh, uh, partners or people in a group and cause you know a, a, a riot to break out or a, an altercation of some kind,
1: yeah. Just make sure you lean back when you reach down to goose the guy, <laughs> you know, because otherwise he'll turn around and he might just punch whoever's behind him. And if you happen to be behind him, he'll punch you even though he can't see you,
2: <laughs> right? Well, yeah, you got to be smart about it, sure, sure, yeah. Um. And that's where the psychic, you know, uh, te- uh, tele I'm sorry, uh, invisibility is better because you're not, you know, he'll he'll actually avoid you <laughs> or he will hit you. I mean, the point is, that, you know, it's, um, you know, you don't have the problems about people inadvertently running into you when you're using, you know, somebody else's problem or whatever version you want to call it because they're editing you out, but they're still recognizing you enough to move around
1: you. Yeah. So, Gwen of the the, the psychic pair on Team Fremont. She's she's a dumb blonde, and I and, and I write her up that way. She's 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 got average intelligence, but she has charisma plus four, and she has empathy, which gives her another plus two. Unless she gets raised, then she gets a pl- another plus four, which means she can get charisma plus eight.
2: Yeah, she no words, She can get a raise almost every time.
1: Yeah, and therefore she sort of she can just walk up and just turn it on, and start charming everyone at that point. And her partner, April, also telepathic, also telekinetic. And their con before they got, when they got picked up and got brought into the bureau was that she would charm somebody and April would then pick their pockets from across the room. Oh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. They we're no small crime or steal or steal things from or steal things from a jewelry store. You know, basically doing crimes that, you know, April, you know, Gwen would be the center of attention and April would be off to the side, nowhere near where, where the stuff is being stolen from.
2: Okay, so what else?
1: Well, in that in those cases they can use that to either plant or or remove evidence or just move things. You know, sometimes you know, if you move if you move an object uh, uh, just a couple inches, it may not been involved. You know, or they realize it's been moved and look, you can see the dust ring.
3: Oh, I have. Oh, I've got an. Well, <laughs> go ahead. It, it came to me. No, John, finish your thought. Then I'll bring up what oh, yeah. I had thought could be used.
1: Yeah, but th- this is another way of you know using your using uh, tell using psychic powers to uh, you know misdirect and and, uh, and besides, Gwen, when she's got it.
2: you're taking the evidence.
1: Yeah, and and also Gwen because she is so charismatic, she gets a bonus to well do that memory alteration thing too. I mean, if you you got if you got plus eight charisma, you can you can pretty much get people to believe anything you tell them.
2: And and that's not even a supernatural power. I mean, that's just her basic,
1: you know, being really super super pretty. Yeah, and it's plus four, and then she fires up her empathy. I she also has charm.
2: Yeah, I mean, oh no, she can basically bring it to the point where it's ridiculous I mean, I, I, I've used her as, as uh, characters In a lot of the Bureau 13 demos that I run at conventions And the people who actually realize what she could do They they, they just run roughshod over the NPCs
1: Oh yeah, yeah you can, uh, theoretically you can get a plus 12 out of her
3: <laughs> Okay, I know enough from <laughs> Savage
1: Worlds to just go, damn yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that that basically you roll you, you you can blow a roll and still affect people. Yeah, literally,
3: it's like you rolled a one, and, so, and I still win.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> something else that would be really good for disinformation to get people to believe you that whatever it is there isn't there. Mm-hmm. The blizzness field. Ooh. Something like that.
1: The basically, field. it's
3: like a massive bonus to your diplomacy check to yeah. where you can make outrageous requests to people because if you get them down to friendly uh, the OGL parlance, you make diplomacy check, you lower them from a less amenable attitude at least to, let's see, it's hostile, unfriendly, neutral friendly, helpful. If you can get them down to like friendly, you could start making requests of them. And once you do that, you kick in a field like that. You know, you could have them go, well, yeah, go over there and get that for me or whatever. And just, you know, you could sit there again, like Bruce said, run roughshod if you had a natural calming field. Yeah. I mean like the blizzness it, and Fringeworthy.
1: It does depend, you know. I, I, there are situations where I say to a GM, "Don't roll random, uh, what with, with randomly what their what their feelings are toward the players." Preset that cuz sometimes you'll 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 roll and you'll roll for you bad you'll roll oh gee they're overtly friendly no set it but be but be realistic about those settings you know they may be at best at worst neutral or maybe a little a little distrusting but never outright overt hostile unless the players have done something to make them that way you know so yeah be be a bit realistic about 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 their uh, how they feel toward the player characters?
3: Yeah, usually I'll just look at the five <clears throat> attitudes because I've got more than a few base <clears throat> people, characters in my various campaigns. Yeah. And I'll just look at them and look at the situation. And go, Okay, they're not wanting to shoot. They're not being, a, uh, and I don't know if I can use, a crab ass at them. Yeah, they're neutral. So yeah. I set the DC based on that. And then, of course... Our face person, whoever it is, for a couple of campaigns, it's Josie's mom, Colleen, Goth Bunny, and so we'll kind of when we make the character, we'll stack the deck to where she's got high bluff, diplomacy, and sense motive, and then Colleen just makes the rolls and runs rough shot over <laughs> this person, and she mm-hmm. just realizes. Wait a minute, I rolled a forty three on my diplomacy. Yeah, the guy's handing you his hotel keys, okay? Just settle (laughs) on that.
1: Accepted. Yeah, yeah,
3: it just, but something like that blizzness field would just work wonders. And from what I understand, it's, from the blizzness, it's like an empathy, it's like an empathic calming field I think is what exactly blizzness ability is. And we just chalked it up to an automatic plus 10 for diplomacy always on. The blizzness can't retract it. You always feel
1: good around them. Yeah. They're, 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 the, they're the nicest people you ever meet.
2: Right. So, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily make your argument more compelling. It just means that if you are somebody who's not willing to listen because of your natural inclination toward a the the person you're talking to, that modifies that, that buffers it to where you might actually think, you know, think about, you know, engage in a reason, in a reasonable discourse. Yeah. I, have seen it abused an awful lot too, in that sense where people say, well, we'll just bring the blizzinesses and, and, and everybody will be be kumbaya and the, and the people who are deadly enemies from each other will all come away happy. Yeah, that that's not going to last. That's not going to last because yeah. as soon as that
3: blizzard walks out, yeah,
1: it's sort of like the the Kumbaya field from the uh, Shawnee. Yes, everyone will sing and dance together. Turn it off, and about fifteen minutes later, they're back at each other's throats again. Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> okay, but you know, there's also other things um, that you can use to basically, you know, just just basically mess up the um, people's ability to really deal with the situation at all, which is like the memory drugs and BZ gas and other things.
3: Okay, BZ gas. Wait, wait, BZ gas.
1: It's a derivative of LSD.
3: Oh, Oh no, that's not right at
1: all. Never fielded, never fielded, but had been tested, and it's from. our, our I've actually, I have Actually, I was an NBC and uh, NCO when I was in the army, and I read about the, the effects. We're talking uh, Vietnam era. No, no, we're, we're no we're talking <laughs> oh. uh, Reagan era. So the eighties, okay, eighties. It was still, it was still in, it was still in the um, in the uh, armory. But it basically was unreliable, because unfortunately, like much like LSD, it didn't affect everyone the same way. Some folks were still fully operational, just giggling madly and doing what they were trying to do before, you know. And other people would just basically see the butterflies.
2: Right, but because of that, it basically taints any perceptions of what's really going on. So these kinds of things are are I mean they they are blunt instruments okay but it, you know it's kind of like okay something has majorly affected everybody's memory in this area we don't know what it is but we also don't know what it is So it's just kind of like it's 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 in a sense like tainting the evidence. You're tainting people's memories, their perceptions. People come up with a you know this is you get a hundred different stories from a hundred different people because they all had their perceptions altered during that period of time. Same way with the memory drugs. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, but uh, I you know you're my my top witness. Yeah, but I can't remember what I you know anything from like up to two weeks ago. I mean, I can't remember anything that happened, so I can't help you. Sorry.
1: Yeah, uh, you're going back to that supernatural uh, effects. One thought is if you have a illusionist, you know, the people are busy looking for things. He in the dark makes something glint. Oh, this thing over here, and you go nothing here, and you make something glint someplace else. Then you start realizing what, what what's going on here. I keep saying something, Glint. I th- keep saying, and then sitting out the corner of the eye, and they look and go, What was that? And they start wondering, What the heck is going on here with well, just the illusionists messing with their heads at that point?
2: Yeah. Now, one of the, the really weird supernatural effects you can do if it's in your game is, is luck magic. Because when you have somebody, and all of a sudden, really, I mean, just unfortunate things start happening to them. It, it, I mean, it can really screw things up. I mean, they're trying to do their job, you know, and they're, and, th- and they taint the evidence because they drop it or uh, the, gu- you know, somebody's gun goes
3: off or-, or, or probability manipulation. That could be like, oh, yeah. this person tripped and splashed their water and wrecked, you know, the crime scene or they threw skirt into it or they dropped something into it
1: and it contaminated or- or worse, yeah, the CS guy pulls out his special purple powder for finger for fingerprints and special material, and then sneezes into it.
3: Yeah, right, exactly <laughs> like that. What yeah. magic can do wonders for disinformation, just for destroying mm-hmm. evidence and thereby again contaminating the crime scene.
2: Right, and you can also use it as a weapon against the uh, the people that we were talking about who were too important uh, or were protected. Because all the, because if they do it to themselves, nobody's going to cover for them.
1: Of course, this is why going to Odd Rock is difficult, because it has a normal, just above normal level of bad luck for everybody. Just normally, it's just 5% worse bad luck in Odd Rock. And if you're mischievous more like 10 or 15 percent. So all you got to do is get someone joshing with somebody and making jokes and being just mischievous. And then then he pulls out a CSI kit and it falls apart on on his feet. (laughs) You know, someone, you know, like all the screws have been removed from the the hinges. Oh, that was bad. (laughs) You know, things like that. So, yeah, there are places where this just normally happens. There are places like Odd Rock.
2: But I mean, things happening like, for example, cars not starting. Okay, you, you know, you have somebody who's trying to go from one place to another to conduct an investigation against you, but their car won't start. They're, you know, a bad things like gun won't fire. Uh, their phone stops working. It just only it only will, will do emergency calls. You, you, know, you got no bars. You know, just anything like that can just impede somebody from, you know. Uh, from from being able to be effective against you. Uh, and in the same time is that you can make other people really lucky so they can get overconfident and 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 then it, it, you you withdraw it at the last moment and the reality smacks them upside the face and it's not it's just not going to work.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. And it's it's I'm just thinking you know, you're talking about the phone thing and of course you know you dropped your phone in the toilet. You know, oh, why do not you fish it out? I had just finished using it.
2: <laughs> well, it won't matter because you know. The, I mean, I'm I'm saying yes, yes. I, I yeah, I'm not going to do that. But I mean, if you drop your phone in the toilet, usually that destroys the phone.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, and it d- 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 depends on the level. You uh, does he have another phone he can use? Yes. So all the evidence that was on his phone is now destroyed. Okay, you know, or at least it'd be hard to get to. You know, and of course he's going to be getting the rubber gloves out to get his phone back at that point, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there's a very senior. so
2: prissy I would fish it out and just wash it off in the sink I mean just you know i'm not so, I'm not so particular i've had I've had
3: children. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ah, yes. Well,
3: no, you learn to touch a lot of things the most sane people wouldn't when you're a parent. Right.
1: (laughs) Yep. Same here. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: When when, when you take
2: the diaper off and it weighs more than the (laughs) child.
1: Oh, you need some water, don't you? You know? No, he needs no more water.
2: Oh. Uh. That was the problem. <laughs> uh. All right. Uh, let's see here. Okay. So um, now uh, sometimes um, you, the best way, uh, it's not really disinformation, but it basically just, you know, it, it, it's, it stops the information from getting out. You can just basically scare the crap out of somebody, you can make them, you can basically intimidate
3: them. Mm -hmm. And if you work for An organization like Bureau 13 The one thing we really do well Is know about fear So Yeah. yeah, I think that would be A fantastic And it could be just straight out Looking at them where they just back away Or Yeah, consequences is the other one
2: Yeah, You're never going to talk about this to anyone Because if you do First of all, I'm going to break your arm right now. Okay. <laughs> and then, if you do talk in the future, then, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, was it a Stephen King story or something where, you know, the, this guy was supposed to be like, you know, trying to stop smoking. And he got to the, he, he like cheated for the second time. And they basically said, okay, we're just going to go and have to take your wife and beat her now.
1: What? Oh, yeah, it was actually, it, was, it got turned into a movie where it was followed a cat. Was it Cat's? I can't remember the movie. Cat's Eye, that's right. And he's joking, joking with a woman with another couple who have gone through it, and he knows that the wife is missing her pinky.
3: Oh.
2: <laughs> it's run by the Mafia. Yeah, the the mafia basically decided that smoking was bad for people, and so they were going to use the tried uh, and 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 uh, you know tried and true techniques they learned in their business to help people stop smoking and live better lives. Yeah, really. And so you, as a Bureau thirteen agent, even though you are on the side of good, even though you are, you know. You know, working for the public trust, it does not mean that you cannot be the most appear to be the most evil SOB that ever walked the face of the earth.
3: And now I w- and now I will use a line from Sherlock. Just because I'm on the side of the angels, don't think for one second that I am one. <laughs>
2: And and I have seen that used a lot in I mean that's probably the one of the most effective things that I've seen players do. Okay, it's not, it's not good. It, it isn't actually disinformation. Other than the like I said, it just basically talk gets people to stop talking about stuff. Basically, it says just turn a blind eye, just you know walk away, and you know sometimes that's all you can do. Sometimes that's the best you can do under the circumstances. And, you know, as long, you know, it's not, I, I don't think it's a good long-term solution because sooner or later, someone's going to feel like, I, you know, I'm safe enough. I'm going to go and tell somebody what happened and then you got to come back and, and cut that pinky off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or somewhere along the line. you know, it's, it's sort of like, you you're trying to convince the shopkeeper, you know, you, you just can't tell anyone about this. Well, I'm going to tell, well, looking around. I really hate if OSHA were to come here and start looking at your place and find everything that's wrong. And I happen to know someone who works at OSHA. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> like Mike Bonkowski, because if he won't do it he can bring in Rusukan. Yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually very offended by the fact that uh um that, that the original character uh the example character in the Bureau 13 uh book, uh source book He's forced to do it because they threatened him with a tax audit. Oh, oh Robert, Robert Harrison. Harrison, yeah, yes. I always felt, how? What kind of good organization? That's no, that's no motivation. You, yeah, you, you, know, you basically have done, you know, terrible things to this person. You know, and they're you expect them to be loyal. You expect them to go the extra mile when you're doing this. Uh, you know, it's also the same premise for La Femme Nikita. You know, she's she's basically put up on put up charges of murder, and they say, well, you know, as long as you work for us, we won't like you know give the evidence to the to Interpol.
1: No, I, I, I always looked at it, for, it was a choice. You're giving, well, we, we can we can we can do some things to help you forget, or you know, you're pretty good with this stuff. Would you consider ch- you know changing careers, or at least add a new career to you, to you to your to your to your ensemble?
2: Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's how you should recruit people. That was my point, you know. But for the NPCs, uh, you know, browbeating them, scaring them, random destruction to their personal property—those uh, are all very effective techniques to getting people to basically shut up, and turn a blind eye, and um, and just basically, you know, put put your put your head down and go about your business. Yeah.
3: Oh no no! I see another way. I mean, we can go the opposite way with this overwhelming fear you or consequences. The same way a lot of people get given into the get into the bureau or to IDET. We'll make it worth your while if you keep your word hole closed. Cha ching.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Paying someone to give false testimony. Yeah. Yeah. Or Or just none whatsoever.
1: I didn't see anything, officer. I see a justice silk tie.
2: (laughs) And then there's the final method, which is there are always attention whores out there. There's always somebody who wants something bad enough that they will do whatever you ask if they get what they want, okay, and so for I mean, you know, every time that there's a a, a serial killer, there's like you know, dozens of people who come up and 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 lay, you know and, and say, I did it. It was me. I, I want credit for it. You can give credit to someone who actually wants the attention and um, and deflect it away from the uh, the the people or the supernatural you're trying
1: to protect. Yeah, I mean sometimes. The ghost whackers really, you know, seem to have found a real ghost, except they didn't. But you know, we find out in the show later on that it's all, you know, fake and stuff. Like that. But at the time, you, hey, you give them credit, and they go yes. And then they realize, wait a second, this is all fake stuff. And they, you know, and they, as you go around to the, the haunted house, they come to realize it's all a gag. It's all, you know, and they and they put it on the web you know, and they're not associated with the Bureau at all, but they have credit for finding old man Jenkins and his, and his scheme to, to bilk out the people in the house.
2: I mean, some people want that 15 minutes of fame, even if it's a lie, even if they're get, claiming it for a lie. And it, if it helps you, the Bureau, you know, run your investigation and cover up what's actually, actually happened and be able to confidently go to your next mission, then, uh, Hey, that's, that's fine. You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, they may at some point recant, but if, you know, that's where you set it up so that well, having them, you know, if they do go and agree to, to basically uh, stand behind the lie, then you want to make sure that if they, if they change their tune later on, that it, it, it really makes it hard for them. It, it, it's, it's in the book uh, Winning Through Intimidation, uh, we, uh, the, they say always try to make it easier for the person to do the right thing than the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that people forget. Sometimes you have to do things to make it easier for them to, you know, because they, they, people naturally do the selfish thing.
3: Yeah, human nature is self interest. Yes. Right.
2: But you, so you have to a lot of times make it so that it's, they see it as being more in their self interest to do the right thing, which in the case of the book is paying you what you're owed or ag- keeping the agreement that's been made or whatever else it might be. You know, it's, it's, it's more to their benefit than for them to basically break the agreement because they have a short term benefit that seems very enticing.
1: Yeah. Of course, I would also think, you know, you said take, taking the fall, all you need is a Reverend Jim. And, hey, you have a perfect, perfect guy to, to take the fall for, a bu- you know, for, you know, a bunch of weird effects. And for those of you not familiar with Reverend Jim, watch Taxi.
2: Oh, that Reverend Jim. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Someone, you know, someone who's, you know, who basically is always the attention whore and you now you know, you've given him a, a, a soapbox to stand on and pontificate for the next week or so. And he's happy as he's happy as a clam, you know, and it's all he wanted. He just wanted a soapbox. Yeah. You know, and, and he's often, he, basically that's the thing I think that's how Zorch got started. I
2: was going to say Reverend Jim is basically Zorch and Zorch is, or Zorch is Reverend Jim taken up to 11.
1: Yeah, and that's probably how Zorch got started. He basically was, you know, got, you know, you know, some bureau agent thought, yeah, we'll just humor him. We'll let him sit there and pontificate in whatever he's talking about. Was it tennis balls or a source of nutrition? Go right ahead, you know.
2: But he does have a sci- a natural psionic ability to con-
1: to convince people. Yeah, which unfortunately they find out much of their chagrin. <laughs> so they keep trying They keep trying to slip him the the dedinny drug, but the trouble is he's... He's been too too hard to actually. Make the, you know, you, you know, I think he may also have a luck field around him too, doesn't he? That's
3: right. Just the un the it's an unconscious gift. He doesn't know he has it.
1: But he also he also has a great he also has a great amount of luck. So yeah, you pull out the dart gun with the with the side deadening. You fire it. He turns and you hit the guy behind him. Oh... <laughs> And things like that. I mean, he's 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 incredibly lucky as well as he's he's incredible. You know, because he doesn't get hurt by his well, shenanigans. That
2: bird just happens to crap in your eye at the critical moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or or that's when the that's when the seal in the and the gas chamber goes. And you're like, ah, crap. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I still think there's the bureau does also have ongoing. Disinformation, misinformation campaigns going on just to keep the level of weirdness there, so that they can always pick up a little bit or drop it down a little bit as needed. You know,
2: and remember the the uh, if you're playing the D twenty Modern Edition of Bureau thirteen, there is a uh, advanced class which is the uh, Evidence Dispersal, uh, uh, folks. Um, uh, it's it's something in a lim- Something in eliminations um, And their job is to Not only get rid of the supernatural But also to Do all these things we're talking about You know, that's that's their specialty And, uh, and it's always good To have at least one person on the team Who goes and 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 spends a lot of points to have the skills that they need in order to do that. Whether it be hacking into databases, whether it be sleight of hand for for you know putting things, uh, having the ability to be invisible, uh, whatever you know that person. It's like that should be like their job, so that whenever we go into an investigation, that person is always looking around for how can we cover this up. How can we, you know, before and you need to start at the beginning because if you wait till the end, usually you know, you've got a lot of people interested in what's going on that shouldn't be in it. Um it should, it shouldn't even be involved. I mean, don't be the team, okay, that fired six missiles from the from the the, the, the uh R- Coro RV into a parking lot as a distraction and then requested another 12 missiles being that not only were they going to uh, you know, The pod only takes six. So that means they were planning on firing another six missiles in the near future And still have another six as a backup. So don't be that team Okay <laughs> <laughs> That's the opposite of covert and using evidence. Now I, I was—I'll admit that they dispersed evidence all over the neighborhood <laughs> with that. I mean, the, the, the situation didn't resolve itself, but it certainly uh, caused the local uh, locals to be very distracted for for a, at least an afternoon.
1: Yeah. Now we did forget one area that it's an actual thing. If you look through the friends and Neutrons and enemies. There is the other thing that the Bureau needs to take care of and deal with, and because the bureau has been hacked more than once. I mean, there's at least a couple people in the friends and friends and neutrals who or whose origin is they hacked the bureau. They found them they found them on the web, and they somehow got into the Bureau computers and hacked in. Even though technically they shouldn't be able to do that they, they're, 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 they're that good And then I posted the guy who Fervently believes that there's an organization Men in Black, whatever they're called And he's out trying to find them and, okay, and there comes your Bureau team, and now he's sitting there Vlogging live, for those who are not vlogging Vlogging is video blogging Vlogging live your team as they're out in the field Trying to catch You guys doing things that are You know, Spooky you know he's trying to prove his point that there really is a men in black team out there even the you know and that's a different area of disinformation you know basically you're trying to discredit the guy uh, that, or recruiting him one or the other you know you, you know
2: and this this is a lousy adventure because you know you're 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 basically screwing each other over for the entire time but it it would make a great short story
1: yeah but yeah there, there are people out there who basically and you know and, and I said the easiest way for the bureau to bury these guys when they post things in various boards is to post worse things that are actually not supernatural because all you have to do is dig a little bit and you realize, oh, that's just that's just swallows or that's just whatever, but make them click bitty enough so that they end up burying the real posts way down in the lit, in the forum list so that they never get seen again.
2: Yeah. Oh, so you're talking about where you just start posting stuff to a, a thing to push it so far It's not on anybody's uh, desktop anymore
1: But also also discredit that board Because if you if all you see is clickbaity stuff, they're going to go, yeah, there's nothing here but spam
2: Yeah, but see, that happens to me, though, on Facebook Because, I mean, somebody will put something that I, I like and I'm interested in And if I don't take it and save it somewhere immediately I can't find it again because it is like, you know, I've had I've had cases where my computer literally crashed because, you know, a chrome ran out of memory trying to scroll down far enough to find that thing again. So yeah, that you can you can actually go into these kinds of social media and you can literally bury a noise, you know, the something that's actually of note. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's all part of, and and that's another part of that Twitter
1: thing that is there, a constant barrage. Yeah. I, I mentioned the who, what, where, the who, what, which, where. They actually have a board labeled the Men in Black. And there's a sub board labeled the Bureau. But you go in there, it's full of clickbaity posts and all that kind of crap. You know, because the Bureau.
2: And lots of viruses.
1: And, yeah, lots of viruses, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the men in blackboard is also just as bad you know because they also realize yeah, we, if, we, if we deny it they'll, they'll start believing it. so we'll just simply make it look even worse than we you know make it ridiculous.
2: We'll, we'll basically push it so far out of out of proportion that anybody who looks at it can't possibly take it seriously.
1: Yeah, but you still also have guys watching those boards because some people will post problems in those boards as well and this is where adventures come from. You know, said, well, we got this ghost in our house. Yeah, right, you got a ghost. Oh, you have a ghost? What kind of ghost? And then since a few days later, the ghost wrecker, the ghost wrecker show up. The The Bureau team. I mean, yeah. that, that, sounds, that sounds like my team. But anyway, you know, they, they, they show up and, hey, we solved the problem. Oh, it wasn't ghosts. It was just uh, air ducts.
2: Yeah, I have a, a one of my uh, players uh, as part of his character creation. He is actually a Um, kind of a, 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 uh, on his last legs, um... Uh, action hero. He was like a really. He was a famous B-level action hero, and uh, and he made a couple of appearances in movies back in the '80s. And now it's like modern day, and so people are like, "Oh yeah, I remember you from blah blah blah." So what he does is after every adventure, he tries to think if he can if we can turn the adventure into a movie, and then he has a production company that goes and makes the movie, and then it's, and then and then everything that happened can be can be. You know, said, "Oh, it was. You know, it, it's it's it was all promotion. It was fake. It was there. You know, promotion for the movie. You know, here's the act. Here's the actual set where it happened. Yeah, you know? I do
3: remember I forget what source it was that there is actually a film crew on standby that can be called to certain areas, and if something's happening, they come out. Okay, we're filming. We're good." Yes, this is good. And and as the Bureau team secretly ends them and the monster dies. And cut. All right, good. We filmed it. Okay, we're out of here. And somehow I forget if it was on a Bureau site or Rich wrote it somewhere. No, but that,
1: it was, that was that was in that was in one of the Bureau novels.
3: Okay, I thought they, that
1: they, was in New sorry. York City. In New York City they put they pulled out the a film a film team. And set them up and start filming the monster attack.
3: Okay, yeah, I knew I'd seen it somewhere, but
2: yeah, it's been used in a lot of things in Shat uh, in um uh, Shad, is it Shadow? No, UFO. Um, the British series uh, Sh- Shadow, the anti uh, alien strike force, is based entirely underneath a, a movie studio. Oh, Shadow, yes, yes, yeah. Supreme headquarters, alien defense organization. Yes. Yeah, but it, I'm just saying. But the point is that they put it underneath a uh, an actual studio because any uh, any kind of equipment, weird equipment they needed to bring in and out would just be considered something for a movie. Nobody would think twice about it.
1: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and they made movies as well. You know, and they also they also made sure that the set was set up with squibs and various walls so they can go around and say bang, 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 and say you know. Take a look and toss him the gun and realize it's blanks. Yeah, we have scribs in the wall. What do you think was going on? Duh. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the action hero? What was it Douglas McClure? Or, I'm trying the the actor who was in that. It was in a couple of '70s and '80s movies. Well, Doug McClure
2: would be a good example of what we're talking about. Yeah, but even like Lee Majors, you know, when he he did he did the uh, the Fall guy. Okay, you know, so. But I'm just saying, so that this, the, but that's what this guy, we, you know, we decided to do that is that he actually actively, in his time when he's not, you know, uh, doing adventures, he's actually very busy going and uh, working with uh, writers and producers and things like that to get these things. And he stars in them too. <laughs> Then hmm. so, he can actually use bureau footage, you know, from the actual thing that happened, and there he is. And and they're like, "Wow, you know, that was you spent." And he said, "How did you, you know, do this this movie? With, you know, with those special effects for this budget?" And he's like, "Well, you know, when you've been in the business as long as I have, you learn how to cut corners, and you know how to, you know, fool the camera."
1: So what what's the what's the bureau's credit in the movies then? They. They're, they're the fx house so what's their what do they call themselves in the movies you know they can't call themselves they can't call themselves industrial light and magic that's taken yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: i don't know we've we, we have never come up
1: hey okay there's to our listeners what's the bureau's you know special effects company name when they do stuff in movies come up with a good one
3: <laughs> and and don't come up with the one that was used in MythBusters. okay that was ju- yeah 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 <laughs> I think M5 was the name of it, uh Jamie Heineman's company. Yeah.
1: No, still there. M5 own Business.
3: Yeah, it's just mythbusters no longer on the air. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: So, um thanks everybody for listening to us. We think we've pretty much covered this thing. Uh always have good evidence dispersal, always um, you know, have a you know plan plan from the very beginning to have a disinformation campaign because it's it, first of all, is very, very Bureau 13. I mean, it, it really is the core A part of the thing where you're Not only trying to solve The adventure, but you're also trying To hide the existence Of the supernatural, and this is These are your tools, the tools Of your trade, so if you you know Don't don't play only half an adventure You know, and if you integrate It, then you don't end up having to sit At the end of it and say, okay, now how do we clean This mess up here? It's all rebuilt It all happens, you all basically Jump in the RV and the other Vehicles at the end and ride off in the sunset knowing that your job is good And properly done And that's a lot of fun to do People get a great sense of satisfaction Of that So thanks everybody for being with us Uh, We will have more things For you uh, But you're going to have to wait until next week So until then This is Bruce Sheffer
1: Saying there are a million Million worlds out there So go explore them this is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players.
3: And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
1: This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next.
0: Yo brothers, this was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons license 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucka, you best attribute this to the folks at tri tech Games, and if you don't, we'll be having your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers.